the more you can support your partner in being the most energized, plugged in they can be, the more awesome their life becomes and the more they have of themselves to give to you in the relationship. Welcome to the Abundant Couples Podcast. We are your hosts, Cassidy and Matt. And we're here to help you, awesome growth-minded human, create the most flourishing relationship that you know is possible. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into topics of relationship, intimacy, and lifestyle freedom. We believe that a great relationship is fuel for everything else in your life. So let's jump in and get fueled up. Hey. Hey. (laughs) Today, we are talking about the fundamentals. And by fundamentals, we mean eating, moving, sleeping fundamental because they are the core things you got to do to have an amazing life. They're so simple, so easy, but most of us get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And oh, I love this Krishnamurti quote. So good. It is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a profoundly sick society. So that gives us a little bit of context to have this conversation, recognizing that what's normal in our society is not necessarily what's healthy. Yeah. And what we found is when we've dialed in these three areas, life just got infinitely better, just in every single way. We thought, you know, might have to work harder, might have to, you know, do all these things or techniques, but it's really about just taking care of yourself and your body. And then you get to show up way better every day and great days lead to great lives. Definitely. And why are we talking about this on a relationship podcast? Well, because the more we focus on dialing in our fundamentals, eating right, moving, and sleeping really well, the more energy we have to bring to our relationship and the more fully ourselves we can show up. If you reflect on some of the less amazing moments of your relationship, I'm going to bet a lot of them had to do with you being underslept or hangry, or, you know, you'd been like sitting in a car all day. I know for us, when we're traveling, um, you know, three flights back to back with layovers, that's usually when we're a little less patient with each other. Yep. But if we can dial in our fundamentals and help our partner to do the same, then we're better resourced to show up powerfully for the relationship. Now, we weren't always so aware and practiced in these areas even like five six years ago we were running our painting business together and kind of didn't focus that much on the fundamentals more focused outwards on results and on productivity versus being the healthiest most vibrant versions of ourselves especially in sleep yeah that was the big one at that time because we were working so much that our sleep was definitely the most compromised of our Mm. fundamentals and now knowing what we know if we had focused more time away from the business and more on our health on our sleep on eating great then um, we probably would have done way better and had a better time doing it yeah because over the years as we've dialed in these fundamentals like now we're pretty obsessed about dialing in the fundamentals yeah and we noticed that the more we optimize these the better we do in business, the better we feel in general. We just have more energy, more zest to give to the world. Yeah, and the better relationship we have. 
for sure. Because I know during that period of time where we weren't sleeping that much, where we, you know, we were eating still pretty healthy, but not nearly to the same standards that we have today. Those were also periods of time we weren't spending uh, as consciously with each other and really growing and thriving in the relationship. It's still great and amazing, but we weren't really in it 100% Mm -hmm. the way that we are today. Because we didn't have the full energy to. Exactly, yeah. We were doing the best we could. Mm -hmm. We just didn't know that that was a very small piece of our capacity because of the fundamentals not being fully on. Yeah. So we're going to talk all about that today. And I'm going to throw in a fun fact. Mm. Uh, Positive psychologists say that there are five signature strengths five virtues that are most highly correlated to overall well-being and flourishing. And guess what number one is? Zest. Zest. Yeah. Yeah. Zest basically meaning energy, physical energy, enthusiasm, which is also comes from your physical energy. So the more we can dial in and get zesty, the more likely we are to just live an overall healthy and flourishing life. Yeah. Again, when we talk about zest, we're talking about energy, we're talking about energy, we're talking about eat, move, and sleep. Those are the three primary big areas that we need to focus on that are really quite simple. But common sense isn't always common practice. And uh, yeah, so let's figure out what are the common sense practices we can do. Let's just make it super easy as well so that this becomes a great part of your life that's easy to be the best version of yourself. We're going to cover a lot of ground today and probably give you a lot of information. And so just know right off the bat, you don't need to go making a bunch of changes all at once. It's all about looking at what are the changes that will have the biggest impact for you right now, and then committing to optimizing those. Tom Rath wrote a great book called Eat, Move, Sleep. And he talks about how working on all three of those at the same time, improving your eating, moving, and sleeping, just in simple ways, but all three at the same time, is much more powerful than just working on one at a time. Yeah, I know when I'm you know, moving a lot, I feel like just eating healthier. When I'm doing that as well, by the end of the day, I'm like, you know, it's 8.30, it's time, time to go to bed. Like it's, it's just naturally self-propelling when you're doing healthy things you just want to do more and more healthy things because your your body knows yes. what's good for you healthy behaviors in eating or moving lead to a better sleep and the opposite is also true if you get a bad night of sleep you're more likely to wake up and skip the exercise and choose a less healthy meal mm-hmm. so working on all three of these at the same time is a great idea so if you had to pick one of them that is the most important to work on what would it be definitely sleep oh yeah Yeah. So Matthew Walker has an excellent book that I would highly recommend checking out called Why We Sleep. And he says that sleep, of all the fundamentals, sleep is the foundation on which all of the other fundamentals rest. The funny thing is the more sleep deprived you are, the less you actually know that you're sleep deprived. And this is definitely us. You know, we were working on five, six, maybe seven hours sleep. For probably a good few years, starting in university, uh, continuing to run the business, uh, and we just didn't know that we were sleep deprived until we really started getting a good night's sleep every day and just feeling so much better. And then when we did have a, even seven hours of sleep, we're 
six and a half, it's very noticeable. Kind of like eating healthy, kind of like doing anything that's good for you. You don't really notice it when you're in it. And then when you change your habits and then you go back to your old habit, then you really realize just, you know. What the impact was. Yeah. You kind of become more aware that just feeling good should be your number one mode of being. Mm-hmm. And whenever you do something that causes you not to feel good, notice it. Mm-hmm. So if you're getting less than seven hours, even, you know, even less than eight hours, consider that you might be sleep deprived and not really know it. A lot of people are getting five to six hours of sleep. And you hear this a lot. People say, I have no problem. I run really well off of five, six hours of sleep. Again, we would have said the same thing five years ago. Yeah. And it's kind of, especially when it comes to the business world, entrepreneurship, it's kind of this hustle, hustle, like Mm -hmm. sleep when I'm dead kind Mm -hmm. of idea. And, you know, five, six hours of sleep, I feel great. No problem. But again, the more sleep deprived you are, the less you realize you're sleep deprived. And Matthew Walker tells us the stats that your chances of actually being somebody who thrives most optimally on five to six hours of sleep are less than your chances of being struck by lightning. So just let that sink in. If that's you thinking you run on five to six hours of sleep. Not likely. It's not likely. You probably just don't realize that you're sleep deprived. So with this constant 24-hour world that we're in, there's always something more to do. Mm -hmm. Sleep is one of those things that can be prioritized last because, again, you know, you're working till a certain time. You want to either entertain yourself or connect with people or something after that. There's, you know, always more things you can do before sleep. And usually there's no hard sleep time. There's usually like a, you know, wake up time most people need to get up at. But prioritizing when you go to sleep is just so important. Yeah. So a big shift for us was starting to set a bedtime alarm mm-hmm. rather than a wake up alarm. Some, you know, we still have a wake up alarm, but more importantly, we have a bedtime alarm. Yeah. And right you now. can do some reverse engineering as well and see what time should that be. Well, if I want eight hours of sleep, we actually need to be in bed nine hours because sleep isn't 100% efficient. Usually it's somewhere between 80 to 90, maybe 95. Uh, So if you want eight hours of sleep, you should be in bed for nine hours. So if we want to get up at seven o'clock, then that means we need to be in bed, lights out by 10. For us, that means we need to start getting ready for bed at 8.30. Because we want an hour in bed for intimate time and takes us about a half an hour to transition to getting into bed. Yeah. And so we used to set an alarm for 8.30 uh, and then 8.30 would come around our alarm would go off. We're like, oh, it's already 8.30. What happened? <laughs> uh, let's finish up whatever we're doing, whatever we're for hanging out or for watching something or for doing any uh, any sort of activity. Eight thirty comes around, and we weren't always sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So again, for making a habit, we want to make it super easy. So we actually set two bedtime alarms now: one at eight, as like a hey, just so you know, it's eight o'clock. Eight thirty is coming up, so you know you we got know half an we hour. We can wrap up whatever we're <laughs> yeah. doing. Don't start anything new. Yeah. Just getting ready to wind. That down. was another algorithm. Is yeah. after eight, don't start anything. Don't start new. anything don't start new. Don't start a yeah. new game or any anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was helpful. So that definitely was. And then the biggest obstacle to getting a good night's sleep. So that's you know number one install would be uh, set your bedtime alarm. Figure out what it needs to be to get your sleep. And then your number one delete the thing that kind of gets in the way of a good night's sleep 
is blue light technology technology yeah yeah that's right and this is huge like you know matthew walker gets into the science of it in his book but basically having blue light within an hour before going to sleep disrupts the production of melatonin and even if you're still falling asleep and staying asleep for eight hours you might think you've gotten a great sleep but you haven't gotten as good a quality of sleep now we're kind of health nuts now and we track our sleep and our sleep rhythms and cycles and we've definitely noticed this if we've been up you know watching something late or even like eating past a certain time you can see the impact it has on deep sleep where mm-hmm. your body wants to go into deep sleep as soon as you fall asleep. That's mm-hmm. that's the time it does it. And if you're, again, eating too late, drinking too late, you're having uh, blue lights, then that will disrupt it. Yeah, and that deep sleep is so key. Now, it's, we're not saying like never have technology in the evenings. It is okay. We even have like blue light filters, uh, glasses. glasses, which mm-hmm. help, but definitely not half an hour before bed. And ideally one hour before you're not looking at electronics. Yeah, if you're at a point now, which I know quite a lot of people are, uh, falling asleep with a phone or iPad, like and right by before the way, bed. I was there five years ago. Yeah, I was doing that. It's like, oh, I need to turn off my brain. I need to, you know, unwind with a show. Or Helps something. me fall asleep. Helps me fall asleep. All the stories, you know, we tell ourselves. Yeah. So if that's you right now, no shame at all. Nope. But know that you know it's definitely disrupting your sleep, whether you realize it or not. And a great place to start would just be even twenty or thirty minutes before bed shutting off all the screens and, you know, maybe you choose to read a book instead or do something else that's offline. Be more intimate with your partner. Yeah. It's like I found when I was using my phone a lot, not as much intimacy. When you give yourself the space to read, to be intimate, to, you know, reflect on the day, uh, those are all great things to do before bed. Yeah, you can replace the more unconscious behaviors of like watching a show or scrolling social media, replace those with behaviors that are actually improving your quality of life and, you know, improving your relationship. So it's all an upward spiral. So a little challenge for you, whether it be a bedtime alarm or having yourself a, what we call a digital sunset or turn off electronics, find something you can do to start improving your sleep today. Yeah, what's the number one thing you think you could do that would have the biggest leverage in improving your sleep? And commit to that. Because improving your sleep will have the biggest leverage on your overall life. Mm -hmm. Again, talking from people who have been there to us now prioritizing sleep, you know, as as like the number one self-care habit, it really makes a difference Mm -hmm. in a big way. And you'll see, maybe not in a week, maybe not in a month, but over a couple of years, over a lifetime, you'll have a happier, healthier, and longer life. Yeah, I don't have the stats, but Matthew Walker outlines them in the book that you like double your risk of, mm-hmm. was it heart cancer. disease or cancer yeah. or both? Yeah. Um, some crazy stats that the chronic sleep deprivation does to the body. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely look into it and And again, most prioritize. people are. <laughs> Just yeah. so you know, we're... If you think you're not sleep deprived, (laughs) think again. Come back to that quote about profoundly sick society. You know, if you look at the stats on, yeah, just overall levels of well-being, you know, you can look at a bunch of different metrics. But uh, right now we're not prioritizing the fundamentals because there's so much else to do in this 
busy world that we need to slow down, step away from the technology, the go, 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 and what's really important. Well, our health and well-being and relationships and longevity and everything that is really important for us is the simple stuff. Eat, move, sleep. Mm-hmm. Let's prioritize that. So moving on to our second fundamental, movement. So this is a fun one. I'm somebody that never enjoyed going to the gym. And for a while, I thought that was kind of a bad thing. And I thought, like, I tried to go to the gym and I thought, well, I should like it. I should go to the gym. But for me, it just wasn't fun. Um, You're the opposite. You enjoy the gym mostly, right? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. I'm never like, that's what I would love to do all the time. But Mm -hmm. I like the challenge. Yeah, it's it's nice to stay fit. And uh, unfortunately, I thought that was all I needed to do is oh, if I go to the gym two, three, four times a week, then that's me being healthy. But what we learned is that movement is so much more than just exercise. And most people, even if you do exercise, aren't moving the rest of the day. So what they say is you're active but sedentary. Mm -hmm. We want to be the opposite. Yeah, you might go to the gym for a half an hour or an hour, but then sit the rest, the of, rest the of the day, you know, at and an office, sitting, driving, sitting, you get home, you're sitting, you know, most people are sitting most of the day, which we're just not biologically designed for that. No. Yeah. Katie Bowman has a great book called Move Your DNA. And this one has a lot of really eye-opening information. So she talks about how we have trillions of cells in our body. It's estimated between 15 to 70 trillion cells. Whoa. In our body. That's mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of cells. (laughs) And nearly every one of these trillions of cells has a receptor that's tied to your level of movement. What? So basically our bodies are designed to move. And you Mm -hmm. think of our ancestors, especially hunter-gatherers, they're moving all day. They're constantly gathering food. You know, they're not, they don't have comfy couches and comfy chairs. They're moving around all day. Um, there's always something to do. Movement's just a part of life. And they're not necessarily going and bench pressing and squatting and doing all the traditional things that we think of as pillars to health. Uh, They are just moving, walking, Mm -hmm. like putting in the steps, really. So it's one of those things that we can do today if you're looking for a big thing to track or measure. Um, Even just the number of steps you take in a day is a very clear indicator of how much you're moving. It's great to aim for at least 10,000 steps a day. Uh, If you're moving 10,000 steps a day, that's like a good amount of movement in a day for sure. That's usually somewhere between half hour to an hour of walking, depending on your speed. But Uh, I find even like I just don't stay still a lot when I'm at home. And with my aura ring, it tracks my mm-hmm. number of steps. And I'll find that just by moving a lot throughout the day, I reach my 10,000 steps even without going on a, ro- a walk or a run. Nice. It's just about like moving around, going up and down the stairs, like yeah, just, just staying choosing moving. to move more often than not. And uh, there was a study done where they gave uh, two groups of people um, the task of just walking. And one of them, they gave pedometers and the other group, they didn't. And they found that um, after like a month or so of that, the people with the pedometers just naturally walked a mile more per day. It just shows that 
what you measure will improve even without really much conscious effort. Mm -hmm. So I know when we started tracking our steps, we just naturally started stepping more. I remember looking at it, it was like, oh, only 5,000, oh, 6,000. Okay, I guess, you know, just move a little bit more and then yeah, 10,000, 10,000, 20,000, you know, it's the, yeah, kind of gamifying the steps. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's more enjoyable. I still love going to the gym, but it's more enjoyable knowing that as long as I'm moving throughout the day, we're going to be healthy. Mm -hmm. And again, we're in the best shape that we've ever been. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to go to the gym. And going to the gym is great too. It is. If you love going to the gym and you want to build a lot of muscle or really tone up, like totally go to the gym, do mm -hmm. your thing, as long as you're enjoying it. And yeah. you're also moving a lot outside of that time at the gym. Exactly. Yeah. And no shame if you don't feel like going. Yeah. If you don't feel like going, you don't need to worry about it. Yep. I always thought like, oh, I should go to the gym. No, I don't need to go to the gym. I do yoga in the morning. I move a lot throughout the day. Sometimes I do some burpees in the middle of the day, go for walks. Sometimes I jog. Sometimes I dance. It doesn't matter. As long as you're moving and you're enjoying the movement, that's the key part. It should be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can do it in the micro moments. And I saw here micro, micro movements. movements. Yeah. So in the micro moments, you can choose to move. What we mean by that is like even right now, we're doing this podcast and we're standing up because we know that when we're up and we're moving, we have more energy. It's better for our health. You know, if we're driving to the grocery store, we might park further away and walk. We'll choose to take the stairs instead of the elevator. Just that little choice that takes, you know, 2% more effort. But now you're putting in the movement. You're, you're moving your DNA. Another great way to do this, especially if you are somebody that works at a computer, you're sitting a lot of the day. Uh, what I love to do when I sit down for a work block of about an hour and a half, I set a timer loop for about 15 minutes. Um, the way I like to do it, it's super simple. I just open a tab on Google. I Google timer loop, simple web page, put in 15 minutes, set the loop. Every 15 minutes, it'll beep. And I just stand up, shake it out a little bit, and then sit back down and the timer will reset itself. So you only have to set it once. And then that whole time that you're working, every 15 minutes, it will remind you to get up and move just a little bit. It doesn't have to be anything big. Even yeah, just getting seconds. your butt off the chair yep. is actually a huge improvement to sitting for that full time that you're working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This will add years to your life just by little tiny movements. Asterix, again. not guaranteed. No, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but probably. Likely will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, cool. So that's move. I yeah, so it. I would say between, like for movement, if you're looking for the biggest leverage things that you could install, I would choose between tracking your steps and aiming to hit at least 10,000 steps per day and or setting yourself a timer loop when you're sitting down to work. And every time that timer goes off, get your butt off the chair, shake it out a little bit, move. If you feel like it, you could do a couple burpees or push-ups, or you can just get your butt off the chair and sit it back down. Yeah. And if you do want to incorporate some strength training, one of the things that we found is, you know, how to make it a habit. Sometimes getting yourself motivated to do a half hour workout, hour workout, whatever it is, 50 push-ups, you know, can be a lot. And Again, when we're creating habits, we want to make it super easy so that it doesn't take a lot of motivation. 
because sometimes we don't feel motivated, but we still want to be healthy every day. So what we like to do there is micro habits in that if I want to do push up, you know, my first micro habit was do one push up because I could always do one. And while I'm down there doing a push up, I might as well do 10 more. And now it's every day doing at least 11 burpees because I can always do 11 burpees, but I might push myself and go 20, 30, 50, 100. But every single day I can do 11. And what that does is make sure that I'm getting that in and it's super easy to do. We want exercise and movement to uh, just be a natural part of our day. So through all these different uh, things we talked about, choose one that's exciting for you. Kelly McGonigal says we want exercise to be a gift, not a chore. Yeah. We want it to be fun, enjoyable, and something that, yeah, we'll do every day, no matter what. We want to make the connection. While, yes, exercise will help us to live longer, healthier lives, it also helps us to feel great right now. Actually, in the book Spark, he mm. talks about how exercising gives you a 12-hour mood boost, and he compares it to what happens in your brain. He compares it to taking a hit of Ritalin and a hit of Prozac. Mm. So it increases your focus and increases your mood for up to 12 hours which Boom. is incredible. With no drugs. It's a magic pill. Yeah. All you need to do is exercise. So he recommends exercise early in the day because you're getting that mood boost for 12 hours. Yeah. Pretty awesome. And another study was done just to build off that, that there were two groups of people that both wanted to exercise. And when uh, asked why they wanted to exercise, most people said to live longer, to be healthy, to do all these things. Uh, there's like 80% of people. And then the other 20%, their motivation was to feel good today. And you can probably guess which group actually stuck with it. It was the ones that, that small percentage of people that wanted to feel good today because of exercise, because they're getting that immediate feedback. Yeah. They are exercising because they know today I will feel better. They see the reward. They're like, awesome. Let's exercise again tomorrow and keep yeah. doing that. Um, the other 80% of people, I think we're less than half as likely to stick with it, focusing long-term because thinking too far out is good. We want to know where we're going, but we also want, what do I do today? How's it going to impact? Yeah, because we're less connected to our future self than we are to our self today. Mm -hmm. We identify less with our future self than today's sometimes self. sometimes it's good to increase the connection with yeah. your future self that'll cause you to do really good long-term things yeah save money you know do all your things that uh ultimately give you a long successful life but yeah the way to really get that impact and make sure it sticks today is to yeah close that gap yeah make it about make the connection how mm -hmm. do i feel when i do the things that are good for me really notice it and it just gives you that fuel to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. And then we are moving on to eat. eat. So I want to kick it off with a Michael Pollan quote. He wrote a great book called Food Rules. And I love this quote. He breaks it down real simply. He says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. So we'll break it down a little bit. So first off, eat food. What he means by this is real food, not edible food-like substances. So if you think about the way our ancestors ate before we had the capability to process and refine foods, that's basically how you want to be eating. Yeah, you want to ask, how would my great-great-grandma be eating? 
And、mm-hmm. am I eating like that? Yeah. Because most of the food today are very highly processed and、mm-hmm. didn't exist even like a hundred years ago. Edible food like substances. Yeah. You want to get rid of those. In fact, 20% of our calories today come from vegetable oils. Super refined things that, again, didn't exist even 60 years ago. That blew my mind when、mm-hmm. I learned that. 20% on average of our calories.、Yeah. Think about that. 20% of your calories from vegetable oils. And we're not talking about healthy oils like coconut or olive, olive. virgin coconut, virgin olive oil. Avocado oil. And avocado. Yeah, we're talking about vegetable oil, canola oil. Safflower, sunflower, yeah, just、uh, palm oil is big. Highly inflammatory. In Costa Rica right now, and palm oil is everywhere. Yeah. And it's also very destructive to the planet when、yeah. we're seeing, like, Costa Rica has done an amazing job regenerating their, their land. But、uh, yeah, you drive by a you know, monocrop palm oil place and spewing smoke in the place. Like, it's, it's well, and that's、crazy. the reason so much of the rainforest is being, like,、yeah. the Amazon rainforest. So much of that is being cleared to, for palm plantations,、yeah. just to plant palm trees. So, this stuff really matters both micro with, with you, with our bodies, and macro with the planet because、mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're related. If we want healthier bodies, we need a healthier planet. Healthier healthy planet, planet, healthier, healthier bodies. bodies. So, yeah. prioritize your health because、yeah. it impacts. And those vegetable oils are super sneaky.、Uh, so,、yeah. if you don't currently read the ingredients on Food that you're buying. Yeah, jumping in. We used to look at the, f- the、uh, nutrition, label. nutrition label. That was the first thing we used to look at. Now it's no, we look at what's in here. The actual ingredients. I、yeah. totally ignore the nutrition label. <laughs>、yeah. Doesn't even matter.、Yeah. I need to know what are the ingredients. Are they whole foods? Yeah.、Um, and that's why we basically buy, I would say, I would almost say no. I'm going to say we buy very, very, very few packaged foods. Yeah. Because most of them have some kind of vegetable oil in them,、mm-hmm. some kind of sugar. Yep. And, and or some kind of preservative. Pronounce. Yeah. Yeah. So, a few simple rules looking at the ingredient list. If you can't pronounce it, probably shouldn't eat it. And if there's more than five ingredients, also probably shouldn't eat it. Unless they're all whole foods that you would have in your cupboard or in your fridge.、Mm-hmm. You know, like if you could make it at home. It's probably pretty good. If your great great grandma could eat it, probably good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, getting rid of what they call cutting out the garbage.、Yeah. So, the <laughs> refined sugars. Yeah, that's the big one. Refined sugars. Sugar. Yeah, there's a great book called A Case Against Sugar by Gary, I think it's Taubes. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but if you're interested in more of the like, science around why sugar is so toxic for our body, that would be a great book to go to. But basically, he talks about how sugar is basically、uh, food for our cancer cells.、Mm-hmm. Cancer cells eat sugar, they thrive on that. And like you said, they cause more inflammation. An inflamed body becomes a sick body. Yeah. More sugar. And this、increases. is what's causing you know,、uh, mass amounts of obesity、uh, yeah. today. Diabetes. Is, yeah. Is really the sugar. Problems. I used to think for some strange reason back in the day that fats made you fat. No, it's sugar <laughs> that、uh, isn't processed by the body. They get stored on as fat. That's, that's really what it is. And when we cut out sugar, just, the fat just melted off. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, having, if you're struggling with weight loss, cutting out sugar, is, sugar and vegetable oils,、yep. cutting out those two things, I'm sure will be a great. Boost for you. Yeah, but if there's one to choose, it'd be sugar. Sugar. Get rid、yeah. of that. It's、uh, 
very easy uh, to do after the, the the little bit of mental hurdle you have to get over. But what about the taste? You know, yeah. things like that. But the thing is, your your taste will change once yeah. you cut out sugar. You'll crave it. Your body's actually addicted to it, right? It is. It's uh, they, another study with rats. There was the choice between cocaine and sugar, and uh, cocaine was more addictive. No, sugar was sugar more was more yeah. addictive. Yeah. Sugar was more addictive than <laughs> cocaine, and they compare the two because they're very similar. Yeah, like sugar is sugar in its whole form. Like you take an apple for example. An apple has a high amount of sugar. It's a fruit. That's what makes it sweet. But in an apple, the sugar is in its whole form. It's a complex structure with other things that help your body assimilate it and use it for energy. But when you extract the sugar and process and refine it, it's no longer a whole food that your body knows what to do with. Your body's like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, and just like cocaine, it's um, cocoa plant, I, I think. Yeah, the cocoa yeah. leaf is yeah. actually has like some health benefits for, yeah, great for particular circumstances. It helps you get over emotion sickness if you chew on it, I've heard. Yeah, it increases focus and yeah. it helps. It's used by farmers in higher elevations traditionally yep. to help them uh, be able to work more effectively in the higher conditions. Yeah. And it's very mild. Yep. It's a leaf. It's a plant. It's just a yeah, natural but plant. when it's super refined, then it becomes a dangerous, toxic chemical. Yeah. That's highly addictive. Yeah. And um, yeah, I bet if you Google it too, cocaine versus sugar, and you looked at images, very similar. Plants go to this white, fine white powder. Yeah. And uh, neither of them are good for you. Yeah. It's not food. Nope. Doesn't belong in your body. Now, Mm. I will say though, we are very serious about our health and we have a healthy amount of flexibility built in. Yep. So we're not 100% no sugar ever. Yeah. But we're like 99. 99% no sugar. So for example, I love dark chocolate. Yep. Now you love dark chocolate too. I used to not. I was like, oh, so bitter. What about just normal milk chocolate? I love 85, 90% dark chocolate. Yeah. And then again, taste buds change over time. Oh, this one's way healthier for me. Okay. I'll learn to like it. And a month later, now I love dark chocolate. But even 90% dark chocolate still has a little bit of cane sugar. But if you get a good like organic dark chocolate bar, it's going to have probably like a less refined organic cane sugar, which is not as bad as the super refined white sugar. So it's that's the small amount of sugar that we do have when we have a couple squares of dark chocolate because it's a treat for us. Yeah. And then if you do want sweetener, like you just made an amazing raw vegan cheesecake last night for our friend's birthday and what we had in it was maple syrup maple syrup for a sweetener yeah so it's It's still in its whole form right exactly and it's just as sweet as sugar yeah but just way better for you or honey honey is a great one too nice and sweet but it's still in its whole form your body knows what to do with it Mm -hmm. so we're health nuts now when it comes to our eating but wasn't always that way like everything else that we talk about yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) we both grew up in healthy households though so we did have like a good foundation so Mm -hmm. grateful i was the kid at lunch (laughs) who had a lunchbox full of like vegetables an apple leftover dinner from last night that's all full of vegetables and spices and everyone would always look at it like ew what do you have yeah yeah (laughs) and i would look at everybody's dunkaroos and (laughs) gushers and be so jealous but looking back i'm very grateful to mom for 
packing me such a healthy lunch every day. Same here. Thanks, mom. Thanks, mom. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, when we were in university, living on our own for the first time, you know, our... Living on a budget. Yeah. We did start to eat less healthy. Mm -hmm. And there was one day in particular where we found a chocolate cake that was on sale at the grocery store and we got all excited. We're like, let's bake a cake. Why not? Celebrate. I think we were just done exams or something like that. Or the cake was just on sale and we wanted <laughs> <Maybe>. it. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got this chocolate cake, went home, baked it up, put all the icing on, and then we sat it on top of the oven afterward to cool off. And then we watched this documentary called Hungry for Change that great evening. Great documentary. Very great. Go check it out. Check it out, yeah. And basically it talked about all the things we're saying here yep. about processed foods and sugars and the impact on the body and why there's just no place for them in our diet. And basically we got to the end of the movie. And just super inspired. Yeah. And also like, what are we doing? (laughs) We had just baked this chocolate cake. So we're both looking at this cake like, okay, guess we're throwing this out. (laughs) Yep. Boom. (laughs) And we did a full cupboard cleanse. Yeah. Like half our stuff we either threw out or gave away. Got rid of the sugars, the flours, the you know, bread, the all the things that just weren't serving us. Mm-hmm. And this was right after watching that movie. We were yeah. like, okay, okay, let's we do see, this. <laughs> we see the connection, see yeah. the impact. Let's make the change. Yeah. yeah. So we threw out all the junk, and we did about two months. It was basically the full summer of just eating raw. Um, we got a dehydrator and a food processor to make it easier to get creative with the meals. And for yeah, a couple months, we just ate a raw diet, which basically, you know, raw meaning nothing cooked. And it basically forces you to cut out any processed foods and sugars, because when you're preparing everything fresh and raw, you're not consuming anything that's unhealthy. So we did that for a couple months. And then when we started slowly adding foods back in, it became really clear, oh, when I do eat sugar, I don't feel good. When I eat gluten, I don't feel good. Dairy, Dairy. don't feel good. So we just started cutting out those things that we could tell our body was just like, nope, don't want it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then we just kind of raised our standards of the food that we're going to eat and the quality of food, you know, choosing organic. Now, I know, again, we were coming from people on a budget and even for me, it was a little bit uncomfortable spending more on food. Um, I talked him into it. Yeah, I'm glad you did. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's one of the best things you can invest in, right? Your health. And it's one of the easiest, you know, highest levers on having a super amazing life. Mm-hmm. So you're really investing in yourself by choosing to buy better quality foods. And then we also just, again, by raising our standards, you know, things kind of work out in a way that whatever your minimum standards are, you get. Mm-hmm. We just happen to make more money to um, cover the extra to cover the extra costs. We realize this is never an area we want to compromise on. Yeah. So let's just become wealthy enough that we could always buy healthy food, no matter what the price. Yeah. And then I want to say also, um, you know, there's a million different diets out there, and yep. they're they disagree on a lot of different things for sure. But the things we're talking about here are basically the things that any diet will tell you. Yeah, no one's saying go eat more sugar, go eat more refined, processed flours, you know, 
no one's no one's telling you that exactly so whatever like it doesn't matter if you're on this diet that diet whatever choose anything and stick to it (laughs) or just yeah make it easy yeah but just cut out the poisons cut out the poisons and that's that's a big lever so because the less toxins you have in your body as well uh again if you're looking to get rid of fat that's that's how to do it Mm -hmm. toxins get bound by fat molecules in the body to to, protect the body yeah you don't want toxins floating around everywhere so it gets bound in fat so if you want to detoxify if you want to burn off fat get rid of those toxins and uh, again just watch it start melting off Mm -hmm. you know again talking from experience yeah So we encourage you to think about what do you think is the number one thing you could do to improve in the eating category? I might suggest it would be cutting out sugar. Yeah. Eating more vegetables. Mm -hmm. But if you're already cutting out sugar, eating more vegetables, what else is it? What's the one thing you can do that would have the most impact? Sweet. So now that we've gone through the eating, the moving, and the sleeping, I know it's a lot of information. We threw a lot of resources at you as well. So I'll link to all the books that we mentioned in the show notes. So if any of them feel inspiring to you and you want to learn more, definitely go dive deeper. But I want to come back to making the connection. It's all about how these changes make you feel today the increased focus, the better mood, the more energy, just these little changes can make such a big difference. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're impacting your day tomorrow, then that impacts your next week, your month, your year, your life. So these things really matter and small changes can make an extraordinary difference in your life. So reflecting on everything you've heard in this episode, I know for each of the eating, moving, and sleeping, we asked you to think about what's the number one thing you can do to impact this area. But now take a step back and think overall of all these things. If you had to choose one thing that you know, if you started doing, would have the biggest impact on your eating, moving, and sleeping, what would that be? And if you could choose one thing that you know, if you stopped doing, would have the biggest impact what would that be? And just commit to it today. Then to tie it back to relationships, if we can support each other as partners in doing that, doing that number one start and number one stop, if we can be our partner's cheerleader, that's such a gift. Yeah. We want to be out competing each other for care and love that we give. That's that's, you know, a sign of a, a great relationship. For sure. So if I know that Matt's number one self-care habit, the thing that keeps him most plugged in is to meditate every morning, then if I noticed he hasn't meditated yet, I'm going to gently nudge him. Hey, did you do your meditation yet? Maybe you could take a few minutes. Yeah. And if I know that sleep is your number one and it's getting kind of late, then uh, playful nudge. Hey, it's time to get to bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the more... You can support your partner in being the most energized, plugged in they can be. The more awesome their life becomes and the more they have of themselves to give to you Mm -hmm. in the relationship. The more you see them in their best light, the more they show up that way and prove you're right. Mm -hmm. And then you just flourish more together. It's a beautiful upward spiral. 
and we're all about those upward spirals. Oh, yeah. So that's the fundamentals for you. Eat, move, sleep. The fundies. Yeah, make it happen and spiral up. And have fun with the fundies. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating and a review and share it with the people that you care about because we can all use a little more love in our lives. Until next time.